Welcome to Come Follow Me Mental Health Insights with Dr. David Morgan. Each week we'll review a concept from the Come Follow Me lesson and talk about applications to improve our mental and emotional health. Hi, welcome to episode 22. This week we are studying Joseph Smith Matthew chapter 1, Matthew chapters 24 and 25, Mark chapters 12 and 13, and Luke chapter 21. Uh, In these scriptures, there are a lot of writings and prophecies about the Savior's second coming, and I think they're great and deserve our time and study, but we're not going to address them in this podcast. But I will say one word regarding anxiety and the future. I know many people who have a lot of anxiety about the second coming. They are worried about when it's going to happen, what's going to happen, whether they're going to be afflicted in the the destruction that's prophesied. And for some of them, that sort of worry can become overwhelming, especially if they put too much focus on it. When it comes to the future and especially um, prophecies about the second coming, my belief is that we should follow the Lord's counsel to have peace and trust in him. I really believe that everything is going to be fine if we stay on the covenant path and if we have faith in eventual outcomes. I also think we should follow the counsel the Savior gave in the Sermon on the Mount where he said, sufficient is the day unto the evil thereof, which I believe is um, him saying that we need to just take things one day at a time. Try not to future trip, but try to live in the moment and deal with today's things today. So that's all about that. Let's talk about some um, of the insights from this week's reading material. First, I want to look at the parable of the talents and then another event that the Savior experienced uh, in these writings. In the parable of the talents, we know the essence of the parable. There were three servants. Uh, One was given five talents, one was given two talents, and one was given one talent. Now, the first two worked and invested and risked to improve their talents. And they both doubled the amount of talents they were originally given. Uh, The last one was afraid that um, he'd somehow lose the talent or, and I don't think he meant that he would just like misplace it. I think he meant if he goes and tries to invest it, that maybe he'd make a bad business investment and that somehow he would uh, end up with zero talents. So in order to safeguard it, he went and buried it. I want to focus on the things that the Lord said to the first two after returning from his journey and seeing their efforts. To the servant with the five talents, the Lord said in Matthew 25, 21, his Lord said unto him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. To the servant with two talents, the Lord says in Matthew 25, 23, his Lord said unto him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Now, if you go back and compare those two scriptures, you'll notice that their reward was exactly the same. And it seems clear to me that the Lord was not interested in the overall amount of talents that they produced, but in the relative effort that they made. They both worked hard. They both doubled what they had been given. And there was no mention that the first servant brought in 60% more uh, than the second servant. Each of them was rewarded according to the work they had done, with no reference to what anyone else had done. Now the servant with one talent was chastised because he did not do the work that was required to improve his talent. And I am confident that if he had come back with two talents, if he had worked and invested and risked like the others, that he would have received the same reward as the other two. 
The lesson here is that it is pointless to compare our progress to others. The Lord doesn't do it and neither should we. It's very natural to try to measure our growth by seeing how we stack up next to friends and peers, but it's inaccurate. The true measure is what are you doing with the the blessings and abilities the Lord has given you. Cross comparison is pointless for many reasons and most particularly because we don't know how many talents we all started with. Perhaps you feel weak because you uh, think you only have four talents where your neighbor seems to have 10 and you feel like you're falling behind, but what if if you started with two and he started with 20? In that case, you've doubled your talents and he has lost half of his. So in that scenario, you're you're not behind. Or maybe you feel very proud of yourself because you have 10 talents and your neighbor only has four, but maybe a similar situation applies and you've been stagnant in your growth of talents and your neighbor has gone from one to four talents. The point is quit comparing yourself to others. We need to stop thinking that that somehow um, seeing how we stack up next to other people is a good measure of our progress because it's not, it never has been. There's another principle in the reading that highlights this um, found in Mark, 20, Mark 12, verses 41 to 44. And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples, and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living." Now, if you try to apply, if you try to apply cross comparison to this account, it doesn't work. Like always, it doesn't work. The middle, the widow had made the greater sacrifice because she gave all that she had, whereas the others who gave much greater sums of money made less sacrifice because they had much more money on top of that. He said they were giving in of their abundance, kind of the excess, what they didn't really feel like they needed, but she gave everything she had. Only the Savior in His omniscience could know this. And that's why we need to let him be the judge. The point is, quit comparing yourself to others. In my experience, this leads to anxiety and depression. It nurtures feelings of low self-confidence. I think we should make honest assessments about our own abilities, develop a plan to improve them, and then hold ourselves accountable for any action that we need to take to achieve greater spiritual and emotional growth. Let's end with a related scripture, which is one of my favorites. Uh, it's it's uh, the Savior's um, prophesying about the second coming and uh, during a time where he has divided the righteous from the wicked. And as he talks to the righteous, he blesses them and thanks them. And because he, he says they did so many things for him, like feeding him and clothing him, serving him and the like. And they ask, well, when did we do these things for you? We never saw you naked and gave you clothing. We never saw you hungry and gave you food. We never saw you in prison and, and got you out. And the Savior gives his answer in Matthew twenty five forty, And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Now we've talked today about improving our talents and growing the abilities the Lord has given us. And while that does mean focusing on ourselves to a certain extent, I also think that serving others is a key skill in increasing emotional and spiritual resilience. 
try not to neglect your own growth or your own needs, but don't focus on them to the exclusion of others. There needs to be a balance with how much we're working on improving ourselves and then how much we're working on helping others. We've talked before about how we have a limited amount of emotional energy every day, and we have to decide where to allocate that. I think some of that needs to go to ourselves and some of it needs to go to others. And I think the Holy Ghost can help us understand how much strength um, and um, investment to give to either of those things, either ourselves or others at any given point in time. Now, I always end these podcast episodes with an invitation to act, and I invite you to give prayerful consideration to which of these invitations might be good for you to do. So here's today's invitation. Make a list of things you do to serve others and things you do to serve yourself. So two two sides of the paper, what are the things you're doing to serve others and what are the things you're doing to serve yourself? Then I want you to analyze the list and see if it's out of balance. Are you serving yourself too much? Are you serving others so much that you're not caring for yourself? See how those two lists compare side to side. And um, if the list is out of balance in either direction, then consider some things you can either add or subtract from the list in order to get it more balanced. I have free worksheets that you can download to help you remember and implement uh, the weekly invitations to find out how to get these. Just sign up for my email newsletter and you can find that link in the show notes. I also invite you to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, and please share it with those who you think might be benefited from it. Thank you for listening. And until next time, this is Dr. David Morgan reminding you that change is possible, but change requires action and to always keep moving forward. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more, please visit Dr. Morgan's website at www.drdavidtmorgan.com.